You're tuning in to the Welcome to Motherhood podcast, the series that helps to make motherhood easier, one podcast at a time. I'm your host, Natasha Suttle, mum of four, midwife, educator, terrible housewife, and huge advocate for ditching the mum guilt. Find advice for all your motherhood questions from birth onwards. So here we go, let's get into it. Okay, so today I am talking about domestic violence and the reason that I am talking about this today, it was planned for a little while in the future, is because we've had a really pretty crappy run start to the year here in Australia where I live with regards to domestic violence and women and children being killed by their partners and also in some instance men being killed by their partners as well. So I feel like it's really important to have this conversation It may or may not have ever affected you in your life, but I do urge you to please listen on because it may help you in the future or it may help you understand what someone else is going or identified in others a little bit easier. I'm going to start off with some stats and they are pretty horrific to say the least. There's going to be stats like this from all over the world. There's going to be stats potentially worse in other countries. I'm just going to go with the stats from Australia and then we can break it down a little bit further from there. Last year alone, 2019, 63 women in Australia were killed in in violence in a relationship. In addition to that, 24 children and teenagers were also killed in what they consider relationship violence, either by you know a parent or a partner as well for those teenagers. That is huge. And that's just the start of the stats I'm going to go through with you guys today. There's a, an organization called White Ribbon, and some of you will be quite familiar with this organization. And they've done a whole lot of research on this topic. And I mean, basically, some of the main things that come out of it is there's stats like one on average one woman a week is murdered by her current or former partner. Average of one, that's oh, basically one in four women have experienced emotional abuse by a partner since the age of 15 years old. This is something that is going on out there. And whether it has affected you or whether it's affected a sister or a friend or someone else, it is something that is rife in our communities, it's rife around the world, and often it's not disclosed or not talked about. I wanted to go into this topic at length as well. It's because in pregnancy, it's one of the key times that potentially people are screened or asked about domestic violence. And hopefully if you've been pregnant recently, you have been asked about this um, this in your pregnancy appointments as well, is that how professionals are trained to ask about domestic violence and screen it to, in pregnancy. This may, like I say, sometimes I've asked this question to people and they'll actually say it's the first time they've actually been asked. Some people obviously still don't report it or disclose it the first time you ask. That is why we do, we are trained to screen multiple times at different stages of the pregnancy. There's actually guidelines and I'm sure all countries around the world have similar with regards to pregnancy care and regards to the need to actually discuss domestic violence or family violence as they now call it as well quite often. With regards to pregnancy, pregnancy is a time at which potentially yourself as a mum, for those of you listening who are pregnant, um, you might be able to you know, feel where you're at right now and know that what I'm talking about. For those of you who have had children, you can probably pretty easily look back still and imagine where you're at at that time and how you were feeling. Pregnancy is a time you're vulnerable. You're often hormonal and sometimes you may be a little bit more rational than usual. And you're also really really emotional not just vulnerable physically but emotionally vulnerable with regards to your partner or the father of your baby or the situations and relationships that you are actually in 
So that poses significant risk. And that poses risk for you in pregnancy because obviously the obvious one, physical abuse, is a huge risk for you and your baby. Um, you're, so you're at an increased risk of actually being a victim of a violent crime as well when you are pregnant. And women are abused during pregnancy is actually higher often the rates than women outside of pregnancy. With regards to this, it can obviously affect your pregnancy physically with regards to abuse. Maternal mental health is something that I've covered in multiple topics and I'm hugely hot and passionate about. Is if you've already got some mental health issues going on, a bit of anti, um, you know, antipartum depression, you know, you've got things going on. We're pregnant, we're women, we're already emotional, let alone being put in, in a traumatic and violent situation or even an emotional abuse situation. So not violent as such, but there's emotional abuse going on there. Women in pregnancy who have experienced violence in their relationships, they're actually four times more likely to report feelings of depression and 10 times more likely to report anxiety symptoms. And this is a study done by um, Professor Brown back in 2008. So that's huge. We're already at risk for these things and partner violence, and that increases it significantly. That will stay in the postnatal period. And when I say that, it's with regards to it's not just a case of when you're pregnant, you're feeling physically vulnerable. So, you know, you have this increased depression, you have this increased anxiety if you're in, you know, a partner relationship violence situation. Once you get to that postnatal period, that just quantifies and increases. The main effect that that can then go on to have is it also affects your relationship with your baby. And some of you listening, this will be a very touchy subject and some of you will be potentially quietly because no one knows, nodding along internally and listening in is you might not know what to do or where to turn. The reason that this violence has an effect after you've had the baby is that basically you're in a traumatic situation. You are mentally and emotionally vulnerable and often pregnancy alone can bring back a lot of feelings with regards to your relationship with your own mother and your own upbringing as well. So how this links to domestic violence, I will get to. So it opens up that situation for you to reassess how you were parented and um, what your mother, mother-child relationship was between yourself and your mum. And often that alone will form some kind of feelings of what you expect attachment to be like when you have your baby. Throw into that the fact you've experienced violence during your pregnancy and that also can affect the attachment that you have. When I say affect, it can go, it often goes one of two ways. It can make you less attached sometimes because you're, you've got an internal protection mechanism protecting yourself and how you feel and what's going on in your situation. So you can step back a little bit from your baby and feel a bit uncomfortable almost or nervous to attach, especially when that baby's been brought up into a home that potentially isn't safe for you or safe for the baby and your stress levels already high, depression rates are higher, anxiety rates are higher. It's not a safe place for you emotionally. The other way the attachment can go and can be affected is sometimes people report feeling overly attached and when I say overly attached people are probably thinking how can you be overly attached to your baby you're supposed to be attached and love them when I say overly attached it almost becomes like a oh how do I'm trying to describe the words I know exactly what I'm thinking in my head here you rely on that baby you're so overly attached you're so overly worried you actually become quite obsessed with keeping that baby safe which as mothers that is our job but yet actually mentally it takes its toll on you and it's draining and it takes its toll and you form an unhealthy attachment to the baby and then goes on through childhood teenage years and so forth 
I could go into it for hours. There's so much research, but I'm trying to keep this small because this is an episode that I want everyone to listen to. I don't want it to be an hour long. It could easily be an hour long, but I want you to listen to this and I want you to listen even if it's not affecting you because it might one day or it might help you understand what someone else is going and work through it. Another thing, um, obviously still focusing on going back to pregnancy, is you're actually at an increased risk of miscarriage if you're going through a domestic violence situation, which because of trauma is also understandable. You're at a risk of preterm labor and birth, again, because of the trauma, and also having low birth weight infants, which there's research around whether it can be to do with trauma or whether it's to do with the heightened stress levels or potentially if you're in that situation, you're not looking after yourself in general, and there's other health issues, concerns going on. You've also got higher risks of um, placental abruption, which comes from trauma as well, bleeding and infections when you have a history of being assaulted in pregnancy. Pregnancy-wise, I can probably leave it there and jump further more into the postnatal side of things because I want to go into how that affects you once you've got your baby and once you have your baby and once you're also parenting and going through those early childhood years. You should be assessed, as I said, multiple times in pregnancy. You shouldn't be able to get through your pregnancy without a midwife or you know, a GP or whoever you're seeing for your pregnancy stopping you in an appointment on multiple occasions to see if you're safe at home, to see if you have children if they're safe at home, to see if you've ever been in a violent situation, if you've got a history of trauma that you want to discuss or any issues around that. Basically, you shouldn't be able to get through pregnancy without someone having a one-on-one conversation with you without your partner there to discuss these things. If you haven't been assessed for those, I am truly sorry because this is something that everyone should be doing. The screening is crucial and we we need to be better at it. We need to do it more. And it is something that should hopefully increase and basically become better in the next few years. There's impacts on from domestic violence on not just as I mentioned the pregnancy and the mum and the attachment and you know the things I mentioned earlier. It also becomes an issue because sometimes, again, bounce back to pregnancy, sometimes mothers won't present for pregnancy and antenatal care till later in the piece if they are in an unsafe and violent situation. Mothers won't get early antenatal care, they won't get screening, so they run, you run the risk of potentially having pregnancy issues that you could have got on top of if you've had care earlier. That then flows onto your baby as well when you've had your baby. So a lot of studies have been done, and one study that was really, really interesting, it was actually completed in Michigan in America, was with regards to attachment. And it was a randomized study where they basically didn't screen, didn't get people to do the study who had you know, declared as being in domestic violence situations. They just got a random selection of 206 women. Um, they were interviewed throughout pregnancy and then once in the early stages of motherhood. And the amazing statistics that came out of that was, I mean, I looked at this and had to reread the article multiple times to see if maybe they only spoke to women who, you know, had had, who said already they were in domestic violence situations. But of those 206 women, 44% reported that they had had experienced partner violence before. 44%. That is huge. That stat alone is the reason why we need to get better at screening our women that we look after and we need to get better at making sure that everyone listening to this podcast in one year, two year, five years, ten years can nod and think, yep, I had multiple chances to disclose domestic violence through my pregnancy because I was asked multiple times. So that's what I hope we're at the point we really, really get to. 
with regards to another study that was actually done, and this was done in Australia, the study I'm going to talk about next, it was done down in Brisbane Hospital. And it was done back in the early 90s, but I think, again, it's still very relevant because the stats would be, better, wouldn't be better, put it that way. They'd probably be worse even now. There was a 1,014 woman who entered a study down at um, the Royal Hospital in Brisbane. And in that study, 29% of those women reported a history of abuse. And that could have been sexual abuse, you know, physical abuse, emotional abuse, and not only with partners, it could be childhood as well. But of that, tw- yeah, like I say, 29.7% to be specific reported a history of abuse. They then broke it down to talk about the pregnancy. Now, the study was done on pregnant women. And of the pregnant, when they asked for pregnancy information, 0.8%, so 0.8% said they were had been abused in their pregnancy. And these are women um, midway through the pregnancy who were screened. So you know, 0.8% said yes, which is horrible, but it's a very small number. So I don't think it was honest, put it that way. So as we carry on, you'll see what I mean. What happened is they were also then asked again. So that was um, probably in the end of first trimester, they were screened the first time. When those women got to 36 weeks, the questions were asked again, and then 9% of women said they had been abused in that current pregnancy. 9%. See, again, that's just people who feel comfortable disclosing. There'll be more than that that aren't disclosing, like with anything, like with postnatal depression, like with any kind of mental health issues and also violence issues. People don't disclose. We don't catch everyone. But of those 9%, 31% of them needed medical treatment. So this is something that is affecting their pregnancies, is it affecting their health, is affecting their lives for people to have to have medical treatment while they're pregnant because they are being abused or, you know, they are in situations making them safe for themselves or unsafe for their children. This is something that is a huge flag because domestic violence towards women can sometimes start in pregnancy. And this is something where sometimes people have been in long-term relationships. Sometimes people have known this person forever. There's never been an inkling for a pregnancy that can bring emotional pressure, financial pressure. You know, often fights have erupted between partners that wouldn't normally have. It is a big strain on the relationship, even in those who have tried to have a baby and it was planned and so forth. It does bring about a new factors and new issues sometimes into a relationship. So we, we need to keep asking the questions. And I'm not just meaning us as midwives or doctors or GPs and so forth. I also mean as friends and family and loved ones and also asking the question of yourself. If you are sitting there and I, if I imagine I'm just sitting across the table from you, if I was to say to you right now, to everyone listening, have you been in an environment where you have been and had any kind of violence, emotional, sexual, physical from your partner? what would you say right now? If I was to say, do you feel safe when you go home and are your children safe when you go home, what would you say? I absolutely hope that everyone listening would say, yes, they're safe. And no, they've never been in that situation. But I know that's not the case. I know the amount of people that listen to my episodes and I know the statistics and I know there'll be a big chunk of women listening to this right now that may or may not have ever admitted it um, that may be going through this right now. Women don't reveal all the details about violence in the home, generally unless they're asked, and not just asked once. Often, same as mental health, violence is often very similar. The first time you're asked, and you can think about a situation in your own lives, the first time you're asked, you'll often deny, not disclose, say no, carry on, smile and nod, so forth. 
you'll be asked again. It often takes three or four times of being asked a question for someone to feel confident and comfortable and safe to actually disclose what's going on. That is why we need to be keeping the questions going, the communication going. If you have a friend, family member, a loved one, a colleague, you think is in an unsafe environment or you think there might be something going on, you might ask them once and they might laugh it off. If you're still concerned, ask them again. Obviously, we don't want to be pressuring and bullying and so forth ourselves, but if you're concerned, be that safe place. Ask them again. Mums will often link with other mums. They'll find common ground with other mums and they'll form relationships over your motherhood journey. And sometimes someone will come to you and disclose something that you might not know how to handle, you might not know what to do with it, but if you've had that information, at least you can start looking into areas where to point them. There is organisations out there Every country will have multiple organizations. Well, I say every, most countries will have multiple organizations you can go to to actually get the help that you need and actually even get help for a friend. You might just have to inquire as to, look, someone's disclosed this to me. Where should I point them? What should I do? If anyone's unsure of where to go in their own country, message me and I'll find the information for you and I'll pass it on to you. We need to get better at basically not just screening people for violence, not just noticing it, not just acknowledging it, but also better at encouraging people to seek help, making it a safe place for people. Motherhood is a stressful, emotional, tiring, exhausting, all of those things. Obviously, it's all rewarding and full of love and so forth, but it's also a lot of hard things. When you're exhausted, when you've got you know, potentially mental health issues or emotional issues or an unstable relationship, that will flow through to your parenting and that will flow through to your children. There's a whole lot of studies being done at the moment because there's not enough research. Children do notice in the first three years what is going on in the home, if the home is a safe place. If they are in a situation where, you know, mum is safe, dad is safe, all of those people and surroundings, they do notice. Brain, um, there's an organization called Brainwaves Trust and there's a whole lot of information on the first thousand days and things like that when it comes to children. A lot of the brainwave and the connections and the emotional connections and attachments and so forth are formed in the first three years. Children in situations of um, witnessing domestic violence, the fact that they're one or two and people often say they won't remember it, they're only toddlers, it's worse if they're older, it's not worse if they're older, it's not ignored by children when they're young they are in that environment you do need to seek help if you know a loved one or a friend who's in that environment you need to encourage them to seek help because children do take it in and it does shape their attachment and their relationships going forward as well even if they don't remember the violence it's not even really to do with that when they're young it's not even about remembering the violence it's the effect of the parents and how the parents feel in the relationship with them if mum is being abused and mum is upset and depressed and anxious and in a vulnerable situation, the attachment between children and mum will be different. The relationship in the house, watching, witnessing parents' relationships in the house, that is observed by children and that then goes on to shape the relationships they have with their loved ones and people they care about when they're older and what they perceive as appropriate and safe relationships. There is 101 conversations we could have about domestic violence there is some horrific statistics from Indigenous communities around the world. 
talking about the violence, um, the domestic violence in those communities. And again, it's not even being disclosed, probably probably a quarter of the amount of what goes on behind closed doors. It is a case of the stats are horrendously higher. I know in Australia, Indigenous women here are 32 times more likely to be hospitalised due to family violence than non-Indigenous women. 32 times, let that sink in. That is not okay. And those stats are replicated in obviously not exactly the same figure, but they're replicated across the world. We need to do more. We need to be aware that it's going on. Things make the news, and we've had horrendous news here this year in Australia. I don't want to talk about it because a lot of it is very, very upsetting um, and very. it provokes a lot of emotion. It provokes anger. It provokes a lot of people like, what can I do? We've got to stop this. You know, and it provokes a lot of media attention. The media attention comes and it often goes, and so with it goes the conversations. People who are at the moment fresh off a horrendous tragedy here in New Zealand, um, Australia, sorry, where a mother and children were killed, people are all big about what we're going to do, how we're going to change this. Sadly, that attention will die off and people will stop talking about it as much. We need to talk about it as mothers. We need to talk about it. We need to make sure we are safe, our children are safe, and our loved ones around us are safe. And then we need to talk about the fact that we need to make more more headway into this. I challenge you, if you are pregnant now or pregnant in the future and you don't get asked about domestic violence on multiple occasions, ask your healthcare provider, why haven't you asked me about domestic violence? I say the same when I talk to people about postnatal depression. I've had women come to me recently when I've done episodes about that and say they would never explain what postnatal depression was when they were pregnant. And I've challenged them back and said, well, next time you have a baby or next time you see your midwife, say, oh, you haven't told me anything about postnatal depression. Why is that? Or are you, when are you planning on telling me something about postnatal depression? Or open the conversation. Domestic violence, exactly the same. If you're not, if you're not screened about it, challenge people. If you know people that have never been asked, be that person to ask them. If you feel a friend is not safe, speak up. Speak up to them, encourage them to seek help, hold their hand and take them into an organisation if you have to. And just be the person to support them in seeking health. We need to protect our mothers and children. We need to protect our fathers too. Again, this isn't just one way. There are situations where female partners kill their male partners. Domestic violence doesn't discriminate. The stats, yes, more women are being killed than men, but that's not to say it doesn't go the other way as well. And men are also killed and men are also abused in situations and children also witness their mothers abusing their fathers. How do we go next about this? This little episode of a podcast, you know, isn't going to solve the world, but I hope you've listened in because we need to keep this open. We need to keep the conversations open. 63 women last year in Australia were killed in relationship violence, and that is not okay. This year, the stats are already, we're, we're barely into the year, and it's only February now, right now when I'm recording this, and off the top of my head, there's been 10 women killed by their partners so far this year. How do we change this? How do we stop this? How do we stop this figure creeping and creeping up every single year? I don't have all the answers, um, but I hope that the conversation starting and making sure we screen people, we help people. If you are concerned about someone, ask them. This has not been my normal, you know, how to breastfeed kind of post or how to wrap your baby kind of post, but family violence is a massive effect on parenting. It will change your whole parenting and home dynamic if there's a family violence situation in the home. And so we need to keep it open. We need to talk about it. 
I'm going to jump off here. I have another episode coming up in a few weeks talking to someone. Um, I've got an amazing guest coming on that we're going to talk a bit deeper about your motherhood journey in domestic violence. So I will leave it here. Just have a thought, have a think, message me. If you're in a situation and you need to know where to go, message me. If you have no one to ask, message me. I would love to hear any feedback. Um, recommend this episode to anyone you think needs to hear it. And also just let those stats sink in and think about how we can all work towards making a difference and stepping up and putting our hand up for those women and children and men that have been in situations that have lost their lives to domestic violence or who are going through it currently and how we can potentially be some kind of catalyst or some kind of change going forward. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Welcome to Motherhood podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when each new episode hits the airwaves. I hope you enjoyed it and can walk away with a few key take-home messages to help you make your motherhood journey that little bit easier. See you next time.